thankful for our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, this morning, as Abel was here last week, I wanted to share a message on being thankful this morning. And I guess sometimes we take everything for granted, including our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us. And we need to be reminded that he didn't have to do that. But he chose to do that because he loves us. I want to read to you, this is from Governor Bradford in 1623, three years after the pilgrims had settled Plymouth. To all ye pilgrims, inasmuch as the great fathers given us this year an abundant harvest of corn, wheat, peas, squashes, garden vegetables, has made the forest to abound with game and the sea with fish and clams, inasmuch as he has protected us from the raids of the savages, has spared us from pestilence and disease, has granted us freedom to worship God according to the dictates of our own conscience. Now I, your magistrate, do proclaim that all ye pilgrims with your wives and little ones do gather at ye meeting house on ye hill between the hours of 9 and 12 in the daytime on Thursday, November 29th of the year of our Lord, 1623. In the third year since ye pilgrims landed on ye Plymouth Rock, there to listen to ye pastor and render thanksgiving to ye almighty God. For all his blessings. And we want to just think this morning about the importance of thanksgiving bringing us to live a life of thanks living, to be thankful in what we do. And just look at a couple of verses here. First in Ephesians chapter 5 is our scripture reading. And then we're going to go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. So I ask you to go ahead and turn to Ephesians 5. And then we'll head to the book of 1 Thessalonians. Ephesians 5, uh, verses 19 and 20. I'm standing God's honor. Don't ask when you find that. Speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then 1 Thessalonians 5.18. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, uh, thank you for allowing us to come together. Thank you for the blessings we've enjoyed the past couple of days. Many of us to be able to see loved ones that we seldom get to see. Thank you that most of us had plenty of food to eat and a warm, comfortable place to enjoy each other's company. Father, thank you for the many blessings you've given us so many of them we don't think about unless they were to be taken away. And so, Father, help us to remember the importance of having an attitude of gratitude that our thanksgiving would translate to thanksgiving. And, Father, that we would live for you. Uh, Father, I just pray you speak through this message. Open our hearts to you, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, he starts out in Ephesians, almost sounds like a church service when he says, speak to one another. He says, psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. But he says, do it with gratitude in your hearts to God. But he's not talking about a church service. He's not talking about 
an hour or two we set aside on Sunday. He's talking about a way of life. Our lives are to be marked by thanksgiving, by gratitude, by remembering our blessings instead of our burdens all the time. Our hearts need to be able to look outward because He came to us and gave. And, and, and if you look at words in these verses, He says, give thanks in all circumstances. He says, uh, giving thanks to God the Father for everything. He uses the word always. It is to be the attitude, guys, that guides us in our lives. We're to be marked as a people who are grateful instead of a people who are griping all the time. That's to be, that's to be our makeup. That, that's to be a God working within our lives. We need that type of perspective. Now, I want to share with you, this is a, a, a letter written home from a daughter in college to her parents. She said, Dear Mom, sorry I haven't written sooner. My arm really has been broken. I broke it in my left leg when I jumped from the second floor of my dorm when we had the fire. We were lucky. The young service station attendant saw the blaze and called the fire department. They were there in minutes. I was in the hospital a few days. Paul, the service station attendant, came to see me every day. And because it was taking so long to get our dorm livable again, I moved in with him. He's been so nice. I must admit I'm pregnant. Paul and I plan to get married just as soon as he can get a divorce. I hope things are fine at home. I'm doing fine and will write more when I get the chance. Love your daughter, Susie. P.S. None of the above is true. But, but I did get a C in sociology and flunk chemistry. I just wanted you to receive the news in its proper perspective. Proper perspective. What are some attitudes that keep us from the proper perspective? The first one is pride. So often all we can see is me, that we're not able to see how blessed that we are. It says Proverbs sixteen eighteen, which many of us quote quite frequently. It says, pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. When we lose sight of our God, when we lose sight of the blessings he's given to us, we're headed for a fall. Like one lady, I'll say Mrs. Newman, she went looking for a dog and she wanted a pedigree. And she said, what do you have that will suit my exquisite taste? I need a dog of the greatest pedigree. And the kennel guy, he said, I have just the dog. If he could talk, he wouldn't speak to either one of us. Prideful, full of himself. That attitude can keep us from a proper attitude in the Lord. Second one is constant complaining instead of being grateful this person will always find something to complain about Harry Einside used to say where there's light there are bugs may we be part of the light not the bugs a spirit of constant complaining keeps us from being able to see what matters which is our God and the blessings that he provides that are so great. And the third attitude is carelessness. Someone has said that if we were able to see the magnificent stars once a year, we would all rush out to see them and be amazed. Because we see them every night, we take them for granted. Thought of the Hebrews. Remember how God took care of them as he guided them through the day and through the night. And he fed them manna. I mean, he took care of their needs. But they missed the blessing. And they became ungrateful 
because of carelessness, because of the fact that it just became too common. As they they became too used to the blessings and took them for granted, carelessness. They missed the miracles, and that's what happens to us. There's a story of the author Rudyard Kipling. Uh, Kipling once was approached by a reporter who spoke to him and said, uh, Mr. Kipling, you're a great writer and you made a lot of money. Uh, in researching you, I found out that uh, it's about like $100 a word that you've received from your writings. So he pulls out a $100 bill and he hands it to Kipling. He says, now why don't you give me one of those $100 words? He looks at him and says, thanks. But you know what? That really is a valuable word, guys. We need to cultivate that in our hearts where we're able to say thanks. Not just take for granted the people that are around us. Not to just take for granted how God has so richly blessed us, but to learn to say thanks and to have that kind of heart that's a thankful heart uh, that's so needed. Now, I want to look at uh, some things we can learn from the Scripture about being thankful. First is our thanksgiving needs to be expressed. We're taught, called to give thanks to the Lord, for He's good. Remember in Luke 17, there were the lepers. Jesus healed ten of them, but only one came back. And you know the famous words, He says, where are the other nine? Why did Jesus speak to him? Because the healing, although the physical healing took place of the bodies of the ten lepers, the total healing only happened in the one leper who was able to see how he had been so blessed. And he went back to the one who gave him the blessing. And, and that's what God wants to do in our lives. He wants to heal us in such a way that we don't miss him with all that we say and all that we do and all that we are. We're to be thankful and, and we're to give thanks with that kind of a heart. That's what God wants to do to us. Turn me to Romans chapter 1 verse 21 which I believe speaks about the opposite of expressing gratitude and happens when we leave God completely out of our lives. Romans one twenty one, it says, For although they knew God, they neither glorified Him as God nor gave thanks to Him, but their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. When there's not a heart of gratitude, when God is left out, we get dark hearts, futile thinking. Foolish in the Bible means God's left out. Uh, it says the fool says in his heart, Psalm 14, 1, there's no God. God wants us to express our thanks to him. Uh, secondly, uh, our thanksgiving, our thanks living needs to be expansive. We need to, we need to look around to count your many blessings to see what God's done. That is so crucial. And first are the blessings of life. Think about how you're blessed. I know at our house, Cindy and I are really grateful for a sink full of dirty dishes. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. We hate the dirty dishes. Where did these dishes come from? Then you go through the house, there's more dirty dishes. Where did these dishes come from? Why do we have this many dishes? But you know, the truth is, the other side of that, the reason they're dirty is because there's been food in those dishes. So God has blessed us even in the dirty dishes because there was something to put in those dishes 
for the dirty, for the dishes to become dirty. God's blessings poured out to us. So easy to miss that and take them for granted. So often we get so caught up in what we think are the big things, we miss the little things. So often like the little boy who he wanted to pray, he wanted to speak to God. But, you know, it takes time and it's difficult when you start thinking about specific ways to be thankful and to pray. So, you know, so before long it got to God, bless my parents, bless my family, bless, bless my teachers. And then he said, that's too much. So he said, God bless the whole world. And then finally he just wrote on a piece of paper, God bless the whole world, taped it to his ceiling. And before he went to bed at night, he just pointed at the ceiling with the sleeve. And you know, how often do we get so caught up in our own affairs that we do a little more than just say, okay, God, I'll kind of point your way. That's all. We we need to learn to express the blessings that God has given to us, to count the blessings and to remember the blessings and remember how expansive they are. Also, to be thankful for the burdens, which is tough, isn't it? It says in that verse, verse... Thessalonians 5.18, give thanks in all circumstances. And that can be tough to do. Paul, he gave thanks, and, and he didn't have an easy road. He talked about having this thorn that he asked God three times to take away. Uh, as we read about his experience as a missionary, he was run out of town, he was beaten, he was whipped, he was imprisoned, he was betrayed by friends, he was cold, hungry, shipwrecked, stoned, left, left for dead. But he didn't stop giving thanks. A couple of verses, Romans 8, 18, that he shared to the church at Rome. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing to the glory that will be revealed in us. And to the Corinthian church, in 2 Corinthians 12, verse 10, he said, That is why for Christ's sake I delight in weaknesses, in insults, and in hardships, and persecution, and difficulties. For when I'm weak, then I'm strong. And then in Philippians 1, verse 12, I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. What looks like a total disaster, there's blessing hidden within. Sometimes we have difficult times seeing the blessing. But God's at work in ways we don't understand. As he says, my ways are higher than your ways, my thoughts higher than your thoughts. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways higher than your ways, my thoughts your thoughts. That's our God as he works. Do you know the only statue made uh, in the image of a bug? Can you imagine making a statue in the image of a bug? Was in uh, 1915, and it was built to Fort Rucker, Alabama, to honor the Mexican boll weevil who destroyed over 60% of the cotton crop. It was a disaster until they planted peanuts and ended up growing more peanuts than any other county in the United States of America. And so as a result, they built a statue to the boll weevil. And here's the inscription they put on it. In profound appreciation of the boll weevil and what it has done as the herald of prosperity. Certainly didn't look like a herald of prosperity when it was wiping out the cotton crop but it allowed God to work in a new way that he would have never been able to work because the door was closed before. And God has a way of doing that. 
it looks like there's despair. But as we talked about this morning, our God is a God of hope. There's hope. Um, turn with me to Acts chapter 16. Great account here of hope and difficulty as God worked. I'm just going to read 22 through 34 of this great account. Paul and Silas were thrown in prison because of their faith and sharing their faith in Christ. And picking up at 22, it says, The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas, and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten. After they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. Upon receiving such orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. Sounds like a tough situation, doesn't it? I mean, can you imagine? Well, I don't know. I'm not going to go there if it's me, why and everything else. But look what they did. Verse 25. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. Are you kidding me? And the other prisoners were listening to them. I bet. Suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once all the prison doors flew open and everybody's chains came loose. The jailer woke up and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself, we're here. The jailer called for lights, rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you'll be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and all the others in his house. At that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. Then immediately he and all his family were baptized. The jailer brought them into his house and set a meal before them. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God, he and his whole family. Filled with joy out of a couple of guys that should have been expressing anything but joy. Because even in the difficulty, they saw God's hand was there. His love had not abandoned them, that they could trust the Lord. Uh, Third here, also the benefits. We see the blessings and how God has blessed us. In every church, ours too, it's easy to fill up a prayer list. But we also should learn how to fill up a praise list. We should learn to look for God's hand at work around us and live in that truth that he's at work and develop that life of things living. All right, one more thing here, guys. And the message is our thanksgiving should be an expected part of who we are in Christ. Uh, It should be the mark of growth as a Christian. Obviously, we're born with an angle to Want stuff, want to be on top, want to be noticed, want the attention. You know, kids write to Santa Claus not to give stuff because they want to get stuff. I mean, that's just how we are. But as God wants us to grow up, he wants us to learn not only to receive, but to be able to give, to have that heart, a a life that's willing to give. And that's part of growing up in our faith. When you look at thanksgiving, there's the thanks and there's the giving, and you need both of them. There needs to be thanks and there needs to be a willingness to give. So it's the mark of a growing Christian. If you're so stingy you don't ever give, 
and you're just a baby in the faith. God works on us when we grow to have a giving heart. Um, secondly, Thanksgiving is the mark of a giving Christian as well. Um, God wants us to learn what it means to carry on with that, to be able to give to others. It's a sign that we're growing. That giving is just a part of what God wants us to become. That it's not just about my world and what I can get, but how I can touch the lives of others. That's what he wants to do in our lives, guys. He wants to teach us to learn to give. 2 Corinthians 9, 7. We talk about giving 10%. 2 Corinthians 9, 7. He says, each man should give what he has decided in his own heart to give. Not reluctantly or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver. In other words, when you give, God doesn't want you to be tight-fisted. I have to give to God again. I can't believe it. I gave to Him last week. He wants me to give again? That's not the deal. God wants you to think about how He's blessed you. He wants you to be in mind, keep in mind how, how He's just showered His love upon you. And He wants you to give out of that realization. God didn't have to go to the cross for you. God didn't have to provide you good health. He didn't have to provide you a job. And we could go on and on and on. He, but, but God in His blessings, and we need to give out of that heart, not reluctantly under compulsion, but out of a cheerful heart because we realize, man, I really am blessed. I, I really have been given. God's really worked in my heart my life. And as a result of that, as I come into this message, uh, He wants us to be a glowing Christian to be an ambassador for him that glows. Uh, I love Isaac Watts' statement. He, he's the one he talked about in his song, Alas, and did my Savior bleed? And he compared us. He says, a worm such as I. But later he wrote, he said, I'm a worm, but if I have to be a worm, I want to be a glow worm. And so that's his call to us, to be a glow worm. To live for Him in such a way that other people see the light of Christ in us and through us. That we might show a thankful heart. Well, I've come to a time where we have a chance to respond to Him. And I guess the question is, uh, are you grateful? Are you so burdened that you miss the blessing? The blessing's still here. Christ has come and He's coming again and He wants to speak to your heart. He wants to make you aware of Himself. And so we have an opportunity at an altar to do that, to come and to thank Him and say, God, get a hold of my life and my mind that I may have a changed life. Maybe you need to come forward for the first time and say, Jesus, enter my life that I may be made new, that I may be made whole, that I may have a life of thanks living, that I may be a glow worm instead of a stink bug, that you may do that kind of work in me. However God's spoken to you, we want to give him a chance. Let's pray. Lord, uh, thank you for an opportunity to talk about being thankful. We really are blessed. And the truth is, Lord, we tend to be a selfish bunch. 
And I feel like leader of the pack at times, Lord. But uh, we want to recognize you. At this time, we want to bow our hearts before you. We want to bow our wheels before you. We give you our minds. We give you our lives. And uh, Lord, I pray that you would just speak. What do you want now, Lord? Is there someone you want to come to pray? Is there someone you want to come for some type of decision? Maybe there's someone who, you know, they spent a life thinking about needing to go to church, but never really thinking about needing Jesus as a daily part of life. And Father, I just pray that your forgiveness would be made known. And Father, it's never too late to trust you. And I pray we would, whatever that means, that you would be honored and glorified in this time we set aside to respond to you. Speak to us, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen.